Friends, we need to chat. As the days count by, I can't help but think about the shift from the first half to the second half of the year. 2024 is flying by so fast. I want to give you a heads up that I'm hosting a free mid-year reboot event at the end of June. It's called Start Fresh, and it's exclusively for email subscribers. I'll be teaching how to untangle all of your projects and ideas to create a motivating plan for scrapbooking during the rest of 2024. The event will also feature a special offer for a no-subscription membership that is only available once per year. To lead up to this exclusive event, I'm also sharing some of my best secrets for scrapbooking more consistently with my email subscribers. If you are not getting emails from me, from Jennifer Wilson from Simple Scrapper, make sure you press pause on this episode and head over right now to simplescrapper.com slash focus. Simply enter your information and you'll be all squared away. Plus, I'll send you the Focus Finder, our favorite tool that you can start using immediately. I'll see you over there. The story I want to tell, and I would encourage others to tell, is just to scrapbook your everyday, real, real, raw life. Because at the end of the day, the people who are going to look at these scrapbooks are people who want to know who you really were, right? And for me, uh, my everyday real life includes my struggle with living with anxiety. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 203. In this episode, I'm interviewing Sarah Key for the My Way series. My Way is all about celebrating the unique ways memory keepers get things done. We're excited to have Sarah as the January featured artist at Simple Scrapper. Hey friends, I am back from a short break and ready to bring you weekly episodes in 2023, starting with today's conversation with Sarah, whom you may know as Red Oak Lines on Instagram. I'm excited about our group of featured artists this year, and the peak will get into their creative lives through these episodes. I also want to share a bit more of the behind the scenes of Simple Scrapper in every episode. That will likely look like an anecdote or a few announcements, but this week I want to start with some context. I launched Simple Scrapper in 2008 as a blog to share lessons learned in my own journey in scrapbooking, but it quickly became so much more. At the beginning of 2011, the first version of our membership came to be, and today, 12 years later, it is a thriving off-Facebook community. The community is not just a part of my business. It is my business. That means my team and I are solely focused every day on facilitating an amazing, supportive online experience for our members. We do this through two-month containers of content and activities that we call creative journeys, ensuring that you're guided towards success without overwhelm or inspiration overload. In fact, one of the best things we do is help you find a way forward 
when you're totally flush with projects, supplies, and ideas. We're your online home for happy and productive scrapbooking. And I hope 2023 is the year you check it out. You can visit simplescrapper.com slash membership where we have a brand new quarterly plan for a shorter commitment at a discounted price. I'm looking forward to sharing more with you in this space, but for now, here's my conversation with Sarah Key. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, I am looking forward to chatting with you today and hearing more about your scrapbooking hobby, but can you start by sharing a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm currently married uh, to my wife of 15 years, and we have uh, seven-year-old twin girls, and we also have one dog. She's a miniature schnauzer, uh-huh. so if you hear her barking in the background, I apologize. <laughs> no problem at all. We love our animal friends on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it happens a lot. Yes, yes, yes. So what's exciting you right now? We're actually changing up this question and we're asking our guests to share one non-scrapbooking thing and as well as one scrapbooking thing. Okay, so for I'd say non-scrapbooking thing right now, something that's exciting me is uh, anything pertaining to gardens or gardening in general. I find that gardens are a sign of hope and when you plant something, you're hoping that there's a tomorrow. <laughs> yes. You have to wait for it to like, you have to tend to it, right? I love watching like different flowers change throughout the seasons. Um, it's, it's sad when they obviously die off, but I get really giddy waiting for stuff to bloom back. So that's, that's kind of like what my non-scrapbooking thing is currently. That's so beautiful. Um, beautiful way to think about it. Yeah, and in a previous lifetime, I actually used to be a florist. So having the ability to grow things and then cut it yourself and then create something else out of it is really exciting for me as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just... Yeah. I I mean, it probably connects back to your crafting as well, like doing things with your hands and creating something from, you know, seemingly nothing or just from you know, the supplies. Right, right, right. It has everything to do with taking pieces and uh, placing them and putting them together um, in a very creative, artistic way. And I find that outlet to be my jam. Yeah, yeah, 100%. (laughs) And then as far as um, something scrapbooking that's exciting me right now, um, I've gotten into digital files. So I've been scrapbooking for a while now, but I came back to it in 2020 when everybody everybody was home and I unlocked the whole digital scrapbooking world. And I was like, wow, there's all these cut files out there that literally you can, the, the possibilities are just endless with what you can do with cut files and digital files nowadays. I'm not an expert by any means at it, but the fact that they're out there and I can explore them, I get really excited over that. Yeah. I mean, just technology has added so much to scrapbooking and we have even just like the production speed, digital designers are so amazing and how many things they can create compared to the the paper industry. And so there's just always an endless supply of new fun things. Right. So I've uh, traditionally been like a traditional scrapbooker, right? Just paper and um, stickers and 
you know, things like that. So me unlocking that digital aspect of it was like, wow, I can do a little bit of both. So um, I've really just been excited over the whole hybrid scrapbooking idea. But yeah, I just, I watch all the digital scrapbookers and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So fun. Yeah. So we also like to ask our guests about their memory keeping bucket list. So this could be one or more stories that you really feel like you want to tell, but for one reason or another, you haven't done yet. So what's on your bucket list? Um, I guess in terms of scrapbooking and photo documenting, the story I want to tell, and I would encourage others to tell, is just to scrapbook your everyday, real, real, raw life. Because at the end of the day, the people who are going to look at these scrapbooks are people who want to know who you really were. Right. And for me, uh, my everyday real life includes my struggle with living with anxiety. Mm -hmm. So just everything around (laughs) that. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of examples, but like, if it's like a picture of like food, something I cook for the family, like, did I love it? Did I hate it? How do I feel about it? Or like, if my family goes on hikes or something like a family hike, were we exhausted? Did we finish it? <laughs> Did we give up along the way? Things like that. Or like, I even like to scrapbook, you know, the, the typicals, like vacations, like where we went. Was it fun? Or did we completely have meltdowns <laughs> along the way? Like, I want to remember it all. So posed, candid photos, all of it, everything in between, the real stuff. Mm, um, I love that. So I guess. Yeah, I guess essentially I want to be able to share my story as being real and raw because it's exciting. You know, like I it seems I don't know, maybe it's boring, maybe exciting. I don't know. Either way, I want to be able to tell all of it. I don't think it's boring at all. I think, you know, I do our our children or grandchildren, you know, our our future ancestors do they really want the sanitized version the instagram version no they want to know what (laughs) life was really like for you exactly like you know just the whole ups and downs and everything in between i think um is what i'm i'm looking for as far as bucket list i traditionally uh always wanted to scrap more of the happy things Mm -hmm. and like the pretty things because yay for pretty things right like everyone loves pretty things but um you're right like you you, I just you just want to show like real real things well I think we also have so many different formats today that are particularly inviting of some of those types of stories even products that support those types of stories that you all of your scrapbooking doesn't have to look the same, you can choose a particular project to document those everyday moments, more of a memory journal type of thing, um, or even in your big layouts, but there's lots of choice available for sure. Right. Right. Agreed. Completely. <laughs> I, like, I like that. Yeah, you're right. Um, there's just so many more options that are out there on the market that allow us to do that as uh, memory keepers. Well, and as a, a fellow uh, sufferer of anxiety, I definitely appreciate that you mentioned that. And, you know, there's so <laughs> yeah. much of a kind of a, a feedback loop with the more that we can be in gratitude with taking photos and celebrating our memories. Sometimes it feels easier to deal with the moments when uh, <laughs> our mental health right. is getting the best of us. <laughs> right. And, and 
there was a good chunk of time when I really got into it where this hobby was a creative outlet for me to kind of help manage that stress and that Mm -hmm. anxiety. So like, (laughs) it's kind of stuck with me. Yes. So this is my little outlet. I love it. Yeah. So speaking of my things, this is a my way episode. And this is really all about you. You're one of our featured artists, our first one for 2023. And so I'd like to start by giving our listeners a little teaser about what makes you tick. Right now we are in our habits creative journey. This is our first two month uh, container for the new year. And I'm curious, what has been successful for you in developing habits around your scrapbooking? When you say habits, I'm sitting over here like, oh my gosh, it's like, I don't know, it's deemed as a negative thing for me. But I have been trying to keep a positive outlook on that word habit, right? Uh So as far as in like uh, developing habits for scrapbooking, I try to do something creative at least once a day, like I said. And it has to do with me managing the anxiety and stress that I, you know, like everyday stress. So that usually ends up coming out in the form of paper crafting. If I can't get time to sit at my desk to create something, then I'll try to do something else creative. So that could look like, obviously, like I was mentioning earlier, floral arranging or cooking something that I normally wouldn't or reading a book. But as far as, uh, I guess, (laughs) habit wise, it's just doing something creative. And that tends to look like paper crafting. So once a day. Well, and I think the more that we do our best to like live in the lifestyle that we want of, of crafting, of taking care of ourselves, of resting. It helps us like balance that with all the, the go, go, go that we need to do. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So with the go, 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 I just, I, I really do try. I try to do something at my desk at least once a day. I mean, it could be like making a tag, working on a layout, I don't know, but yeah. I love it. Just to take that, that, you know, small little chunk of time in my very busy day to sit and just be with the paper, you know, and just Mm -hmm. like not think about anything else, but like putting stuff down. It, it makes a difference. And to know that you can just take a moment, like you don't have to have three hours. Right, right, right. Like, Like I could always come back to it if I need to. Yes. All right. So let's go back in time. And can you tell us how you started scrapbooking and maybe how your hobby has changed since you began? Yeah. So (laughs) I get asked this kind of a lot. When I was in junior high, maybe high school, I, I don't remember, way back when, I was gifted a scrapbook kit and a scrapbook kit that has has stickers, uh, paper, an album, that kind of thing. And I was kind of like, what is this? (laughs) I've never really seen anything like that because I grew up always just looking at albums where they just shoved the four by six into the sleeves and stuff. Yep. Um, So I just thought it was a really cool thing that you could put photos into books in a more creative way, like a pretty way. I've definitely come a long way <laughs> since <laughs> using all those products, like, you know, those decorative scissors and stuff. Do you remember those? Yes, yes, yes. And cutting things <laughs> but, but in shape. I mean, like, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, you could still use those. I mean, if I had it and I had to use it, I probably would figure a way to use them. But, you know, like, it's definitely changed since then. Um, but for me, it's still just, again, gluing down 
a photo, adding pieces around it to make it look aesthetically pleasing, right, to my own eye and um, looking back on it and just enjoying that. Oh, look, this was such a fun time. And oh, look how pretty this is. (laughs) So it hasn't changed quite much. um, But yeah, there's just just different things, different ways I've tried to scrapbook over the years. Well, I mean, what was your middle school uh, version of you think about using cut files and everything today? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as cut files. <laughs> there was no internet at the time. Um, but uh, I'd say it was like cut like a photo of yep. me and friends. And then it would be like, you know, taking whatever latest teen magazine there was and cutting the letters out and literally like glue sticking it to the photos. Like doing collage, it was more like a photo collage sort of thing, right? And then cutting out uh, things that I thought were cool and then sticking it around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I would also, I remember this because we were talking about decorative scissors. I would cut like little strips and stick it around the photo and be like, yay, look how cool this frame is. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's kind of what I was doing in uh, that, that junior high, middle school age. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of us started at that time and had that part. <laughs> That type of scrapbooking, whether we were uh, still young people or adults. Um, Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's just the way things were. And we've just evolved from there. But still, like, there's so many things that do echo to the past. It's still like, here's a photo. It has some sort of border. We're, you know, combining our favorite things in the page. We just have a lot more really expensive stickers we can add to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like fancier. Because I just remember um, finding all sorts of fun little stickers. Um, I think I actually hoarded when, like, this was much younger, like, when I was, like, elementary school, I hoarded a lot of my Lisa Frank stickers. Mm -hmm. I actually remember, like, kind of using them (laughs) in some of these other layouts when I was in high school and stuff. But, yeah, yeah, they're fancier, more expensive stickers, but still the same idea, like, taking a photo and then embellishing around it. Yeah, yeah. So what sizes or formats are you typically creating in these days? Uh, So I started doing... When I first started, it was like eight and a half by 11 because they had those plastic protector sheets Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there's nothing on the market yet quite then for it. Um, And then I jumped towards the 12 by 12 format. Um, And then I stopped scrapbooking for many years, like 10 years or so. And during the pandemic, I had nothing better to do. So I busted out all my old stuff and I went online looking and everybody had like different Um, sizes and formats that they were working on and that intrigued me and I was like wow I want to try so I did um, try doing other sizes but what really has stuck with me is the 12 by 12 size Uh, I started kind of working with the traveler's notebook size which I really like because they're smaller and I feel like they're more manageable to work with but I don't know something about that 12 by 12 gets me (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's it's just a, a <laughs> canvas of opportunity, and you can fit so many more, just so many pretty more things. photos I'm and pretty, pretty things. things on it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty things, pretty photos. Um, I feel like it, it is it is like a blank canvas for me. You could do mixed media on it. You don't have to do mixed media on it. You could do a bunch of different things with the twelve by twelve size. Uh, the only downfall to that is it obviously takes up a lot of room, especially when you're trying to store it. I'm notorious for creating layouts and then putting stacks of them Mm -hmm. in the room. And like, my kids are just like, 
are these supposed to be in an album? And I'm like, yep. I I have stacks as well. So you're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm like, that requires me to go get the page protectors and then put them in the albums. And like, I just want to, I just want to sit there creating all day. I think I finally settled on that. I just stack them up for like a year. And then at the end of the year, like, so this time of year in January, I'll go and like file them all because I like, like flipping through them. And sometimes I'll share them. Like if I'm, you know, doing a live or something, like I I tend to refer back to them when they're newer. And then as time passes, you know, I'm fine with them being in the album. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You just kind of want to keep them out a little longer to enjoy your, your art. Um, yeah. Now you're on a lot of different design teams. I'm curious whose products are you completely obsessed with right now? Um, well, obviously the ones that I design for. <laughs> I'm like, wink, wink. I'm honestly, I physical pro. Are we talking physical product or just in general? Because right now, if you're talking any product, I'm obsessed with digital cut files. <laughs> okay. Well, whose cut files are you loving? Um. So a lot of the the brands and design teams that I currently design for have exclusive cut files. So that's awesome because then obviously you can coordinate their collections and their product with their cut files because it's exclusively made for them. So like hip kit right now, who I design for, they've got exclusive ones that I really like. Um, uh, The cut shop, actually, I'm not designing for them right now, but Ashley, she makes such gorgeous cut files that I really like. Um, there's Layered Life. So uh, Christine Middlecamp, she came out with Layered Life. They don't have exclusive cut files. This is like I'm jumping topics. But she okay. um, has recently come out with a little kit, like kind of like an ephemera little kit with like papers and stuff. I really like her designs. They remind me of things that I uh, used to scrapbook with. Totally. Way back when I first stopped, um, uh, I don't know. It's different. You know, I'm always looking for something that fits me. And that I was like, wow, this is I really like this. So uh, there's layered life. Um, but then I also like cutesy things like Bella, Bella Boulevard. Um, cute, fun things. My kids love that, too. So I can easily get a photo of my kids with the cutesy stuff from Bella. So I don't know. And then um, I don't know. Just a bunch of different things. But, like, if you're asking me what I'm obsessed with, digital files, like the cut files and, um, like, digital stamps, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's so fun to play with them. There's so many possibilities. So, now, if you look at your pages, is there something mm-hmm. maybe besides cut files that you use or do on most of your pages? Do you have anything that's, like, a signature technique or just something that's – that's always part of your pages. You know, I'm always asking myself that question <laughs> because I'm wondering, what is it? Like, sometimes I don't see it. Uh, I had to take a step back from that when someone asked me that a couple months ago. Um, and I started seeing a trend that I actually do. And I tend to use a lot of foam adhesive and I love to layer a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about having a lot of dimension, which is, some people are just not into it because it becomes bulky in your books, right? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> when I create, I don't know what it is. I just, I'm always reaching for the foam adhesive and I'm always layering something on top of something else. And I was thinking, huh, 
do I do this because it's kind of like a floral arranging where you are taking pieces and making dimensional things come off of something else, like a page, right? Yes. So I'd say if anything, the thing that I do the most and that I find myself doing is a lot of layering and a lot of um, 3D dimensional things. I used to be such like a flat scrapbooker. And then when I was introduced yeah. to foam adhesive, I was like, my mind exploded. And I'm like, well, now I have to like pop up all the things and like <laughs> yes. bending flowers and, you know, every, I'm all about yes. the dimension now. Yeah. So uh, people have like essential kits, like when they go to like crops or they go uh -huh. over to um, scrap with others. Right. I'd have to say that it's got to be like scissors uh, the actual product, like the paper and the stickers, um, a tape runner of sort, and for sure foam adhesive. Like I cannot live without it. <laughs> yes, think, yes, yes. I could have a layout without foam adhesive. I'd have to go back and check. I probably will later and be like, wow, look, see, everything I have created probably within the past few years has to have a piece of foam adhesive on At it. At least somewhere. in one spot, yeah. 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 So I've been scrolling your Instagram as you talked, and I, yeah. I noticed another trend. And I've wondered if you noticed this too. Oh, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> love to um, cut skinnier papers into like, you know, a banner flag shape. So instead of having, you know, a squared off edge, you're always cutting the little triangle out. Interesting. And like you <laughs> use a lot of those types it. of, you know, like flag type supplies too which are maybe pre-made but I could tell a lot of these you've cut from your strips of pattern paper that it's like you know, I'm going back like I'm a always, long time and you do this a lot <laughs> I are you talking like um like like little pennant flags yeah. or something yeah or like okay yeah that's interesting I'm gonna have to look at that I I don't know I I need something I can't just keep on like sometimes I want to be just using s squares or just uh -huh. or something but like I said I need some sort of like dimension and some sort of texture sure um and when I'm talking texture I'm not talking like uh like you know some people like use like gesso or like paint or something and I love it it's beautiful but for me I think the most like mixed media I can do is like inks mm -hmm. um and sprays but I'm not quite one to paint <laughs> or use like tons of like glitter or anything like that. Yeah. But adding like different shapes, like adds interest to the page. Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes yeah. like too many squares like can be harder to layer or like it, they break up the page too much. So I can tell you, you know, you tweak, you tweak things. <laughs> As you're talking about squares and how it would not look, like as um, 3D as I'd want. The first thing that comes to mind is I remember a layout I made. <laughs> I, I was like punching out a bunch of squares um, or maybe I was cutting out, I don't know, like a two by twos or three by threes to like make a grid, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm laying it all out. I'm like, oh, I don't like how this looks. And of course I was like, I can keep these squares and use them, but I'm going to pop some of these squares and some of these photos. <laughs> And I'm like, see, I did it again. I used a foam adhesive. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I've certainly like, I've started something as a grid and I line everything up perfectly straight. And then it's much more interesting when you start to like turn things and yeah. put things on angles and, and layer, add more layers. And um, as you said, pop things up as well versus just like, mm -hmm. you know, a grid of nine flat things. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
And I find myself even doing this with stickers too. Like even though there's stickers and it's like adhesive box, I'll even put foam adhesive on that. Like obviously you can make it non-sticky by using powder and stuff, but I'm like, I don't care. I just love popping things off the page. Mm -hmm. So kind of shifting gears a little bit, going back to habits for better or worse a little bit. um, When do you typically (laughs) find the time or energy for scrapbooking? So I usually find the time, well, it varies, but most of the time I'd say is after I drop the kids off, I try to get myself to the gym talking about habits, right? And uh, I will come home, make coffee, and then sit at my desk because I have turned it into routine. Mm-hmm. And if I can keep to that, like we were talking about habits, then I'll get that one time in the day where I have um, that creative space to myself without the kids at home. Uh, because if the kids are home, they'll be like, mommy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll, the whole creative process that you're in, right. It's broken. And then I can't, wow, I go back to like, figure out what I wanted to do with this piece. Um, so it tends to be my time and my energy. It tends to be in the mornings mm-hmm. unless I'm like, something hits me. And at nighttime, they'll be just like late and I'll be like, I gotta, I have this idea. I just want to do this. Um, it doesn't happen too often anymore because uh, I have the seven-year-old twins. <laughs> <laughs> Love them so much, but yet they're so exhausting. So at, uh, come nighttime, I'm like, nope, I'm done. Can't, can't think creatively anymore. Yeah, I think you're not alone with that. And it, it just reminds me that I think for... For many of us, certainly not all of us, we have a little bit more flexibility in our days than maybe mm-hmm. we used to pre-pandemic because there's more people working from home and have right. you know chosen to to find more time. But then, are we actually using that time to put ourselves first for even just a snippet for 15 minutes for 30? Right, because you know right. you're you're gonna <clears throat> be worn out at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no matter how much you're like, oh, I'll, I'll push it out later. It's just like things happen. Life is life, and mm-hmm. you you might not get to it, so might as well do it. Well, I've got that time and the energy. Yeah. So how can we we best use that and have that fit into the day? Great. So, kind of a, a related question to this is about motivation. Do you find that your motivation stays like consistent over time, or does it ebb and flow? motivated as in when it comes to creating things yeah like wanting to keep scrapbooking like do you have times where like eh, i'm just i'm into something else like i know it'll come back but or do you like always want to play with your pretty things yeah absolutely i find myself going through ins and outs of it uh, mm-hmm. there are times when i'm all about the paper crafting but then i'll catch myself and like i just i'm in a rut i can't do this i don't want to do it so I have learned over time to not force it and Mm -hmm. to just let it be, let it sit. I find that if I force myself to want to do it, the things that I'm most proud of, they won't come out. They like, they, I just can't make them. So I let it sit, uh, in the times where I'm not paper crafting, I'll do other things. Like I was telling you, I do other creative things, right? So I'll be doing like flowers or, um, I'll be gardening or, because I uh, help out at my kid's school, I'll do like room parent things, which gosh, that's like a whole nother <laughs> side of being creative for a teacher. But I say to just, and then you were talking about 
keeping motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like to stay motivated is the fact that I'm on certain design teams. I have deadlines. Yes, so we hear that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I've got a deadline, then it's like, well, I better get to it. Right. Um, so that, uh, I have it all up in my calendar, like, you know, this is due, this is due. So I pre-plan for that and it keeps me motivated. Um, but again, like I can't force something. And like I told you, I just, I leave it. I let it sit out um, in a pile off to the side and I might work on something else or I just might not do anything paper related at all. Well, I think sometimes having a deadline, maybe just to say work with this particular product, whether it's externally or internally imposed on you um, helps you spend time thinking about it and kind of keep aiming towards it. Um, Cause you said you can't really force it, but if you know, okay, by the end of this week or next week, I want to have used <laughs> this new thing. Yeah. Then right. you're going to, your brain's going to, your brain is very powerful and will support you. In getting yeah. there. <laughs> right. Right. It's already geared at, Oh, look, it's on the table. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it. There's, a date on the calendar when you want this done by, okay, you can do it. Right. And so it's there. So it keeps me motivated in that sense. Um, but uh, other strategies I'd say for pulling me out of the rut, like out of ruts and keeping motivated, I'd say I love doing sketches or scrap lifts. So like paper issues, I used to design for them. Mm-hmm. They, post those kinds of challenges all the time. And I find those just to be so much fun because people are so open about that in the scrapbook community. Like, Oh, you just scrap lift. You know, it's not us stealing each other's art at all. It's become more of, Hey, let's all work together to just get our photos documented. (laughs) So I really appreciate that. So like, I love scrap lifts and I love sketches. Mm, Yes. Yes. They're always like, so inspiring. I, you know, we've created sketches at Simple Scrapper for over a decade, and many of them were inspired by my own layouts. But recently, because we have this featured artist program like yourself, I started following the sketches, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing! I don't have to like be have find all of my own original creativity. So it's been cool to rediscover that. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's just been unlocked to me that like you guys have these sketches now. Like when you reached out to me, I was like, oh, and then I was like looking into it and I was like, oh my gosh, look at all these sketches from these featured artists. Look at all the mm-hmm. things I can do. <laughs> so yeah, that that keeps me motivated and wanting to, to make things. Super cool. All right. Yeah. So I have a curiosity here. Is there something, you know, since we know you love cut files, we know you love pennant flags and of course lots of dimension. Is there something that you've decided is just not for you at all? <laughs> um, yeah. And it probably is an unpopular opinion, but it is me and I am the featured artist. So I'm just going to give it to you. So I'm not one for pocket pages. Oh, like, I, I had a guess that that was what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like I, um, like we were talking, I uh, don't like putting it into plastic sleeves, like smaller plastic sleeves, because I scrap bulky, right? Mm-hmm. Like I use the foam adhesive. So having it be in those plastic, like those plastic page protectors, it's like suffocating for the things I want to make. And then I find myself having a book that literally cannot close all the way. Like I'll have, um, like I love using the Citrus Twist albums, right? Mm-hmm. And like my books will just be like, 
like open. They won't close all the way because they're just so bulky and big. And I want to put the journaling in. I want to put the photos and all the pretty embellishments that go with it. And it just doesn't work with pocket pages. It just doesn't. <laughs> I, but I do, when I look at others doing the pocket pages, it looks beautiful. And I'm like, just so into it. And I'm like, Oh, look at the clean lines. And, you know, I can definitely appreciate yes the designs um, that people have with that. It's just, it's not for me. Like I, tr- I've tried. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't come out that way. Well, I think that's like, that's kind of a maturity in, in scrapbooking is to be able to separate appreciation from something that can really be part of your own practice. Right. I, um, when I had stopped scrapbooking, that was the thing I, uh, wanted to just keep up with the trends that were happening. And I found myself not enjoying it as much because it was like, I was forcing myself to do whatever trend was in and, and it just wasn't happening for me. Right. So even when I told you I had come back like during the pandemic to Mm -hmm. get back into the craft, I was looking like there was a lot of like pocket pages and a lot of travelers notebook sizes and, all this stuff. And I was just like, Oh, I'll try it again. Right. But what really still sticks with me is the 12 by 12. And like, I've, I've really started enjoying that traveler's notebook size. But if someone was like, Sarah, you can only do pocket pages. I'd be like, okay, we're not paper crafting anymore. <laughs> we're just not. Well, and I think with, uh, especially with those three by four pockets, there's nothing worse mm-hmm. than having a really bulky card, that you, a beautiful card that you've made. And now you have to figure out how to trim off the edges to get it to yes. fit in the pocket. Um, yes, but I can definitely appreciate when they, there's like a three by four with like a graphic on it with like yeah. some pretty saying or like a pretty design. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, by all means, I will slip that right in the page and then call it a day. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's great that you've kind of identified that and you just are really celebrating what works best for you while still you know reserving some time for experimentation I think that's a really kind of healthy balance Mm -hmm. so let's shift to talking about organizing are you an organized person or a not so organized person (laughs) as you're saying this I'm like chuckling to myself because to be honest I honestly don't have tips or solutions for you for that because I'm still (laughs) trying to figure it out myself so I'm actually not that organized uh-huh. um people I, okay so like I love I absolutely love looking at everyone's spaces when they post it and it just looks so pretty and so organized um but I'd have to say my space it never looks quite that neat I mean it's clean I can see my desk I can um I have all my tools where I need I've got like you know I have like a spinny thing on my desk right now with like things separated like scissors adhesives my go-to pens, that sort of thing. Um, and I've got inks all organized on another side of my desk and stuff. But gosh, even if I try to make it look pretty and I try to make it look like photos that I see others doing, it looks like a storm came through within 10 minutes of me sitting down and making something. So <laughs> I'm like, mm. if you if you ever wonder why Sarah does not post pictures of her scrap space, it's because of that. But I don't know. Like I said, maybe I should start scrapbooking the fact that I'm just not organized because <laughs> I want I want people to understand that like this is me. It's real and raw. I'm not I'm not that person. Well, and I think there's some folks that maybe are 
semi-organized in a very practical way and they're not about yes. like uh, uh the aesthetics of how things are organized <laughs> yes i i completely it's exactly that it's the practicality behind it um so i know that i actually know people who are aesthetically like uh they love to aesthetically organize things and i love looking at it mm-hmm. uh, but it just doesn't work for me because if I have it like this, I can't find anything and things yeah. need to be in places <laughs> where I know where they are and where I can see it. I mean, my organization, like I was kind of talking about earlier is like, I literally have like a rotating um, organizer bin thing with mm-hmm. scissors. So like scissors will be in a spot. Adhesives are in a spot stamps are in its like designated spot stamps and like die cuts they're all in its organized spot on a cart off to the side of my desk so everything has their home and it works for me yeah i think that's the most important thing i always i think i i just was i don't know if i've ever thought about this before but i kind of have a rule of thumb is if i try to organize something and it's difficult to get to find something, to get at it, to uh, pick the one I want, then this isn't the right solution because I'm never going to open it. I'm never going to dig through it because it's too like cumbersome. (laughs) Like if something's always like falling over when you're trying to look for this item, then this isn't working. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's exactly that. If it gets organized and put away, I most likely just will not use it and I'll just sit there because I can't see it in a way that like I want to be able to see it. Yeah. There was a time like a decade ago where I organized all my washi tape by color, of course, rainbow order on a shelf, (laughs) but I would never use any of it because I didn't want to have to put it back in rainbow order. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. And it looked pretty that way. So you didn't want to touch it. Right. Yeah. Of course. Again, why I'm like not that person. I think there has to be kind of a form and function balance <laughs> and function definitely uh, first. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, I am so impressed. Sarah, where would you like your scrapbooking to be in 10 years? It's kind of a big question, but I think it's an important one. Hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's like such an open-ended question. But I, I think um, I honestly just want to be doing it and doing it for fun and not doing it because it's required for like a design team or something, or um, I don't want to be doing it just because I'm forcing it. I want it to be just something there that I use as my creative outlet for my anxiety. Um, So whatever that looks like, I just want to be able to be doing it and having fun while doing so. Yes. I love that kind of having your, your deeper purpose in mind allows flexibility to follow your instincts and your passions and whatever, whatever new thing. I can't even imagine what scrapbooking might <laughs> right. even look like in another 10 years sometimes. Right. Like, so. And even if that means that I'll be pocket <laughs> scrapbooking in 10 years, so be it, right? You're going to be a flat minimalist pocket scrapbooker. <laughs> right. Like as long as I'm enjoying that process of creating, right, then so be it. <laughs> Let it be pocket page scrapbooking for me. <laughs> yes. Now, looking back to, you know, middle school and your journey since then, what has being a scrapbooker taught you? Jokingly, <laughs> it's taught me not to hoard. <laughs> sure. I know that's not probably a typical answer for this, but scrapbooking has honestly taught me not to hold on to things, to kind of just let things go. 
living where we live. So we live in Northern California in the San Francisco Bay area. Mm -hmm. Homes are, they're just, they're they're pretty tiny. (laughs) So there's not a lot of space that we have uh, to put all these beautiful, pretty product. So I have to be very selective on what I keep and what I don't keep. Um, So it's kind of taught me, you got to get rid of it if you're not using it. It's like kind of in your closet. You you didn't, you haven't worn it in so long. It's time to get rid of it. Sure. I have a whole hoarding section in my space. Like that has like old basic gray, gray paper, sassafras, but Mm -hmm. you know, most of the things that like I that just don't uh, bring me joy the way it did before, I have to just I have to let them go. And that kind of goes with uh, it goes with things in life in general. Right. Like it doesn't bring me joy. Then I just got to cut it off. Like <laughs> there's boundaries for me. Well, and even using those special things like, oh, I'm saving this for this pretty thing, whether it's like a dress or that Lisa Frank sticker or, you know, the newest little collection of die cuts. No, we have to use them because there'll always be more. Right, right. Um, And that's, I guess, scrapbooking also has taught me that, too, to just instead of just letting it sit because it looks pretty, to just live with it and use it, have fun with it. because, you know, give it like a couple months, I, I always, it, it is true in this industry, there's always something new and something better that comes out. Um, and although fun and great, I also still appreciate things like that. So it's, it's like, just use it, <laughs> cut it up. Even if you think it's pretty, open up that package of die cuts and put it on a page. Um, yes. Because gosh, <laughs> it'll end up in the back stash that I'll end up having to get rid of because I can't, I can't keep it all. Yeah. You don't want that beautiful thing that you kept to end up being decluttered. So just use it. Um, and then, so that was, I guess, like my, my joking answer, I guess in uh, the question really was what has scrapbooking taught you? Honestly, because I use it as my creative outlet for my anxiety it's taught me that it's okay. It's okay to just make mistakes. It's okay to not make mistakes. It's okay to be proud of it. It's, I mean, a project, honestly, it'll never be perfect. <laughs> no matter how hard you try, you could rip it apart and put it back together and it may or may not be something you want. Um, and you kind of just have to learn how to go with what comes from it, right? It's a whole process. So I guess essentially, what paper crafting has taught me is that it's okay to make these mistakes and, and it'll work out in the end. Uh, it will. It will. Like it never, whenever I look back at something that I didn't really love in the moment, yeah. I'm always appreciative that I have it and I think it's neat. And I'm like, you know, I'm so glad that I have this. Other people aren't scrapbookers and they don't have anything like this at all. So exactly. it wasn't my best work ever. It's still beautiful. Exactly. And it, it kind of goes back with like, oh, well, what do you want people to really see? And honestly, like, even though I'm looking at this page and I'm like, what? Like, why did I glue this? And it looks like this. Like, nobody down the line is going to go, hey, Sarah, this looks off. Right. Um, yeah. So it's OK. It's OK to make those mistakes. Perfect. What a way to end it. I really appreciate your time today. Can you share where we can find you online and anything you have new or coming up in 2023? Um, So 
most, well, I guess all of my stuff can be found on my Instagram. So I'm at Red Oak Lines. So I post um, all my layouts and all my design teamwork on there. And then recently I've been trying to create reels because people have been asking me to do reels of my creative process. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of doing that because I, I don't do the YouTube videos. I'm like so not tech savvy with all of it. But yeah, you'll find me at um, Red Oak Lines on Instagram. Perfect. We will include that link in the show notes for the episode. Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. <laughs>